0: This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great comedian, Amy Miller.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this.
1: (laughs) Was that good? It
0: was great. It was great. (laughs) I've recorded a lot of podcasts in the last few days and I've really been appreciating everybody's hello. Hello. Okay, good. <laughs> it's a weird moment in the podcast. Yeah, I like, didn't
1: plan it ahead of time.
0: And now this person's going to speak. Yeah. I, I do the same thing on other people's podcasts.
1: Yeah, like, you don't want to speak before you're introduced, so it's always a weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I know I'm going to have a real feisty guest when they just start talking right away. Like, Hello, <laughs> welcome to Jesus. Come on. Let me get it out. Yeah. So can you tell people listening a little bit about who you are, what you do?
1: <sighs> who am I? Um, I am a comedian. I live in Los Angeles now. Um, and, uh... I don't know. I'm from the Bay Area. <laughs> I do girl comedy. No, I'm just,
0: I'm just <laughs> in reg- that you're a girl, yeah. right? <laughs>
1: just a regular stand up comic. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's what I'm doing here.
0: And how long were you in Portland? Because that's where I met you doing mm-hmm. a show with the Double Clicks.
1: Yeah. So I did. I lived in Portland for three years. Um, okay mostly for comedy which seems like a really weird choice but i think it worked out well
0: it's a really friendly scene right
1: (laughs) yeah super friendly and there's just so much stage time and like a lot of long stage time it's a really great place to like develop and grow um and then yeah start your own shows and stuff so i think it worked you know there's a great festival there yeah and two clubs so i think it was like a good choice um yeah, i was there three years and then yeah, I moved here over the summer.
0: And you were on uh, the last comic standing? I always want to yes. say next comic standing, and that does, on, that's not as exciting. Yeah,
1: potentially the last last comic standing. I don't know, because it, it la- I did it last year, and then this year it didn't happen. Okay. So I don't know if they like canceled it again or what. But um, yeah, I did that last year, and that was interesting and fun and weird. <laughs> and um, anytime you do TV stuff, it's like, interesting, because people have a lot very loud opinions about <laughs> your but face, your body, your jokes, you know, your yeah. personality. Yeah. But yeah, I had a good time doing it.
0: So it was ultimately a good experience for you?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, it was kind of like summer camp a little yeah. bit. Like, I mean, you're literally just like put up in a hotel with a bunch of your friends and comics that you don't know and yeah. you're getting paid. Like, to to complain about it is to like have zero perspective on what other kinds of jobs people do, yeah. you know? Cause yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I loved it.
0: Well, I thought you did great. I, oh, thanks. I was not like a huge fan of Last Comic Standing uh, before. I'd never really watched it. I'd seen bits and pieces. Yeah. And then I, I made a point to really watch that season because I knew a decent amount of people who'd either mm-hmm. gone out or was on. And I felt like, from my perspective, not having the stress of doing the show, you had like a really great experience in that there was like a little bit of conflict yeah, and b- yeah. buzz. So you were in all of the promos. Totally. But your set killed. And it thanks. was more a sort of like, you know, it generated that real sort of comedians comedy discussion of yeah exactly analyzing the jokes which i'm sure was super annoying for you Um, on some level yeah from the outside it was like well that if if you're gonna generate a conversation if you're gonna generate buzz that seems like the fun way to do it
1: yeah i thought the whole thing was pretty funny and silly like i do think a good conversation came out of it but in the moment i like i've watched so much bad reality tv not that last comic is bad but um I've watched the whole gamut of reality. So I was just like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Like, I just thought it was ridiculous and funny and like silly. But yeah, they definitely like set me up well, you know, I think. Um, Because you got to have a villain, right? Yeah. But then it's like, I'm not really a villain. That's how they're setting it up in the promo. I did make a conscious choice to do like some dark jokes. That was like the one thing that I was like, I don't want to go on my first TV appearance and talk about like dating online or whatever. I was like, I'm going to pick out like the darkest bits of my material and do those things. Awesome. Because it'll be memorable. Yeah. And that's all I wanted. Yeah.
0: Do you feel stuck with it now though? When Mm. you're going to do clubs and people know you from the show, do they feel like, where's the vicious material?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, I've always had a fair amount of like dark stuff, and it's to some extent part of my style, I guess. Yeah. Not like it's like the surprise of it that I think is funny because yeah. I look like a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> and then if you like, and you know, then I make this really morbid joke about like my dad's corpse, and people are just like, I don't know what to make of you. Yeah. And that's what I like. Just yeah. keeping people on their toes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And especially on the show because they just like gave me these like, r- like, even more ridiculous, like Betty Page bangs and <laughs> curls, like, and I'm wearing this little dress. You know, I, I just looked, like, very innocent, and I thought it was a funny, I thought it was just funny visually. Right, you
0: are rebelling against the pearls. Yeah, the is whole great. thing
1: was just ridiculous.
0: Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Speaking of cool and ridiculous in some ways, let's talk about your obsession. You yes. are obsessed with Dolly Parton.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: I asked you to do the podcast just because I knew that you had moved here, and I thought you're really funny. Uh, Thanks. And then you were just immediately, of course, this is what my obsession is, because sometimes when I ask people, they're like, oh, (laughs) let me think, let me ask my partner, and you're like, fuck no, Dolly partner." period. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like, I considered, like, should I do some other stuff, just because it is getting to the point where, like, okay, so, like, today's her birthday, which I'm sure we were going to talk about. That was a total coincidence that we ended up doing this today, scheduling-wise, but, um, But, like, today, you know, I got, like, a lot of texts and messages from people or people posting, like, articles about her on my Facebook wall. And so I just am getting, like, known. Like, people are like, oh, when I see something about Dolly, I think of Amy. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. Then I was like, oh, maybe I should do something else. And then I just decided, no, I'm just no. going to go with it.
0: Yeah, it's a weird time where you have to decide, <laughs> like, should I just continue to be honest about the thing I like? And then if it becomes a part of my weird personal yeah. brand, do I just go with that?
1: Yeah, and it's not a bad thing to be a part of my personal brand. I get It's getting a little out of hand gift-wise, you know, because people <laughs> just always send me, like, dolly prints and stuff yeah. for my house. And it's like, I live with someone. I mean, he doesn't mind it, but at some point you can't, like, Plaster your whole house with the same person.
0: Yeah. Like, I wish there was a different person in this house than you. And yeah. I wish it was Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. I'm lucky because I, I like squirrels. I've made a thing of it. I've done bits dressed in a squirrel costume. Uh, and luckily my wife is like, hey, squirrels, that's great. And she gets me squirrel things too. Good. But yeah, I get squirrel things all the time.
1: Yeah. And you can switch them out, you know, put some away for a year. And <laughs> that's then, right. Yeah. Mix them up. So I don't have like always the same Dolly photos out. But yeah. Okay. Stuff cool. A lot of stuff.
0: Well, let's go back to the beginning. When okay. when did you first realize I really connect with this person? When did you get hooked on Dolly Parton?
1: So, uh, well, I was born in eighty, and don't tell Hollywood. Um. <laughs> it's our secret. <laughs> they don't
0: listen to this podcast to the Hollywood
1: because they're calling me for for like stuff for millennials. So I'd like to keep that. Um, <laughs>
0: You're a millennial comedian. Got it.
1: And, uh, you know, obviously, Deli had been around a long time before that um, on her own talk show and the Porter Wagner show, and she was, like, a country star in Tennessee, but the early 80s is when she went super mainstream, right? Like, she did 9 to 5. Um, she did, like, a couple other movies. She got a talk show, and that was, like, when I think... Everyone sort of became aware of her in the way that she was, like, a figure of the 80s. Yeah. Much like Hogan or RuPaul or Elvira, you know? It was just, like, we had, which was an interesting thing about the 80s, is, like, we had all these really campy characters. And she kind of inadvertently became one of those. And so I kind of, yeah, so I was aware of her as a very small child, but at the beginning, not aware of like the full range of what she had done. Oh, she so you
0: saw her as like campy, like, like like she could even walk into the wrestling ring with Hogan, like a yeah, character. Yeah,
1: which she did once on her talk show. <laughs> There's like a whole episode where they get married in the in the ring and stuff. But um, I think I just didn't know, like most people. Also, I was like a five-year-old child. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about a little kid. I was drawn to her right away visually. And her personality, like a lot of people, but then, you know, it took, like, getting into my teenage and college years to really, like, delve into, like, Dolly's whole history and what an amazing musician she is. Um, So it hit really hard, like, probably, like, my early 20s, yeah, like, college and just after. And um, as a small child, also, she, my grandmother was, like, very, like, always done up. Like, big blonde hair, oh, okay. pearls, big busted, fancy lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, even sounded a little bit like Dolly. Like, she has this, you know, like, Oklahoma drawl. And uh, they really reminded me of each other. And so I think that was, like, also partially why I fell in love with Dolly. Yeah. Because it... I loved my grandmother so much, even though she, like, terrified me in a way.
0: Did it seem to you like that's how successful powerful ladies should be like they should look like that or was it just like a family connection
1: um i think my grandmother was powerful and successful but it was i think that was a little bit of an anomaly which is why they were interesting and also which is why dolly is interesting to a lot of people because she represents this thing where she's like you can be girly and overly campy and feminine and basically dress like a character yeah and still be smart and powerful and a brilliant businesswoman. Yeah. You know? And that interested me because uh, I feel like the other option was too kind of too limited, you know? That you, yeah. I I just didn't like that there was an assumption, which still happens, by the way. I mean, a woman just ran for president and, like, there were a lot of expectations she couldn't live up to yes, like- as a powerful woman. And it, yeah, it's this weird thing where there's like so much pressure to be young and beautiful and flirty, but then it's not associated with being powerful and smart and in charge. Right. And and serious so and regal and
0: presidential. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Dolly's like just sort of flipped that script always, which I really...
0: Yeah. Was there a moment where you discovered her music? Like you kind of, you, you knew her as a presence and you enjoyed that, but was there a moment where somebody's like, no, but seriously... You have to listen to Jolene or whatever.
1: Yeah, as a child, like, I know my mom had a tape that was just, like, Dolly's greatest hits, which, you know, up until that point, which she's written so much more music since, like, 85 or whatever. But, yeah, that included Jolene and I Will Always Love You, and then my sisters and I got really obsessed with uh, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, so we, like, listened to that (laughs) soundtrack a lot, which also includes I Will Always Love You, of course, um... And then, uh, yeah, and then you have like the late '80s resurgence of Whitney doing that song, yeah. and then it put a spotlight again on Dolly. Like she's come back like every three to five years for decades. Um, I mean, to some of us, she you know, yeah. it goes away. But <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I remember in the late '80s having that epiphany that she's an amazing uh, writer because yeah. I hadn't I had written her off in my little kid world mind as. The, the more campy like I understood she was exactly. successful and it was impressive yeah. but I don't really really like country music and it was twangy and then mm-hmm. but they like but she wrote that song I'm like holy shit mm, totally and then, you know eventually I heard a cover of Jolene, like that's also a Dolly Parton song it's like oh I've been wrong for many years about Dolly yeah Parton.
1: she's so prolific I mean she's written you know thousands and thousands of songs and many of them for other people and uh that One of my favorite facts to share always is that she wrote Jolene and I Will Always Love You in the same night.
0: The same? No. Which
1: is mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. That's not okay. I know. It's not fair, but it's like something I always think of when, you know, sometimes you have like a bit, like one joke that you just love and it's your closer and you're just like having a hard time divorcing yourself from it. I'm just like, if Dolly can write those two songs, like I can write another joke that good, you know? like anything is possible. But right. yeah, it's totally unfair. Wow. She's just she's a genius. Yeah.
0: Did no did you ever want to be a singer or a songwriter to be like Dolly or
1: Yeah, I mean, uh a little bit. I do sing, but most of my singing life has been <laughs> really cool by the way. Um <laughs> I'm a choral soprano. So so I've been mostly in like classical ensembles. Um Okay. M- you know, most of my life, but Comedy kind of killed it a few years ago because it was just too hard to do both.
0: Yeah, and that seems like a pretty sharp choice of which to do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like you what? would have to make
0: fun of yourself if yeah. you're still a, a like choral what's singer. Even
1: less cool than being a <laughs> choral singer, I'll be a stand-up comedian.
0: <laughs> cool. So you, but you never thought of like going out on your own.
1: No, not really, because, uh, you know, this is another story, but pre-comedy, I had, like, horrible stage fright, so I was really only an ensemble singer. Okay. Um, And, no, I never thought that I would do anything alone on stage in my life. I didn't even think I would, like, give, you know, like, a business... presentation you know like i just couldn't speak in front of people at all so no i didn't like ever really consider being a singer songwriter i think as a small small child maybe that was something i thought about because i was like a group in the baptist church okay so i was kind of drawn to the idea of just like a lady with an acoustic guitar but then it the the prospect of like being the only person on stage was very scary yeah and now that's what i do every night yeah it's weird
0: did Dolly help in that process? Like you must have had a moment where you decided to do stand up and you you had to push past the fear oh, of being yeah. alone, right?
1: Yeah, yes, uh, it was part of the reason that I started. Like I just really didn't want stage fright to have like this hold over my life anymore because yeah. it really controlled a lot of things and held me back from a lot of stuff. Um, Dolly has helped more, I think, with the like navigation of. You know, being in an art form that's mostly men. Okay. And, and yeah, figuring out that how to like ride that line of like, I can be, you know, cute and feminine, but also powerful. Okay. And it's not for everyone. So
0: you love her like, music, but there's a lot of inspiration just of like who she is.
1: Oh, like, yeah. In absolutely. truth and
0: in culture and all those things.
1: Sure. And a lot of that has overlapped. You know, I mean, one of her big I mean her first huge hit which was like a country hit and like when she was on the Porter Wagner show was like about being a dumb blonde you know um and yeah she a lot of her early hits were like very feminist anthems yeah. you know um like yeah you can't make assumptions about me or like uh you know, because I'm a woman was another early, like, really big hit, which is just like my mistakes aren't worse than yours, just because I'm a woman. Okay. And uh so her, her, I mean, yeah, the inspiration from who she is and and loving her songs is like kind of, you know, can't really be separated. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Now I understand that you met her. Is that correct? You posted yeah. a photo on Twitter today for <laughs> yeah. her birthday.
1: Yeah, so, I met her about a month ago in Florida.
0: Okay, so how did that happen? Did you just bump into her in Florida, or did you sign up for a meet and greet? Or? Well,
1: I called in some favors.
0: Um. <laughs> Are you a part of the mafia, the Coral mafia?
1: So I kind of was like, in 2016, I like to make attainable goals, Okay, right? Usually. Most of the goals for my last year were attainable, that I was like, I'm going to put out my first album, I want to, you know, get into this festival or whatever. And yeah. then I'm just going to meet Dolly. Like, I just decided. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so she did this tour and there were all these meet and greets. And she came to L.A. And um, I have a friend who used to be her tour manager. And and I was like, I have tickets for the show. Can I get in the meet and greet? Because it's, like, literally $2,000 to meet oh, Dolly. Really? Yeah, it's crazy. So, which, good for her. Like, she's so good at getting money. It's insane. Um and people pay it, but at the Hollywood Bowl, there was like, I mean, imagine every like B list celebrity in the world <laughs> wanted to go back and meet yeah. Dolly.
0: Kato Kalin from the OJ trial was there. Yeah, yeah,
1: everyone, like, uh, yeah, the dude from Buffy and like, we just, this <laughs> random people we saw back there, like Terry Hatcher was back there, you know? It's just yeah. like, so they were like, we can't get you into the LA one, but I'm totally willing to help you. You just have to go somewhere that, like, not as many people have $2,000. So, <laughs> okay. Like, so did you look I at the map and <laughs> Basically, basically demographics? Yeah. I looked at, like, <laughs> when, you know, openings in my own tour schedule and, like, some shitty town. No offense, Sunrise, Florida. But um, actually, Sunrise is just, like, Fort Lauderdale. It's, like, right by Boca. So, yeah, I went there and then just got to go back and meet her. And I was, like just under the wire, achieved my goal. I'm like sitting next to Clive Davis for some really weird reason, too. I mean, I guess because he probably has a place in Boca because he's like a rich old Jew. Like, yeah. that's where they go. <laughs> um Yeah, and then and then I met her, and then we watched the show from like the second row, and it was just all like really magical and perfect.
0: So you meet her before the show. Mm-hmm. And what does the meeting consist of?
1: It's like a picture and... Uh, You know, you're in this line of people, and you walk up, and usually how those meet and greets go... I've never done it as a fan, because I literally have, like... I'm not starstruck by anybody. Okay. I, like, don't care about anyone but Dolly, really. Uh, Maybe... Paul Rubens and RuPaul again, <laughs> 1980s. Yeah. Like it's deep in my psyche.
0: That's like the Trinity of 1980s. Yeah, I think, right Like there. Paul
1: Rubens or RuPaul would make me really nervous. Everyone else, I don't give a shit about. But <laughs> from my previous job, I've facilitated some of these meet and greets, and my experience has been usually the artist or the band is like not they're just trying to get out of there, you right. know, and they're like. Stacking money, you know, every person that walks through is like 2000, 2000 you know, it's right. crazy. It's
0: the art of trying to make this very brief business transaction feel sincere.
1: Yes, but it's forced and weird and uncomfortable and, you know, a lot of times it's teenagers like meeting their favorite band and so they're sweating and
0: <laughs> nervous.
1: And Dolly was like the grandma of that event, yeah. you know, like you're going to grandma's house. Like she was <laughs> nurturing everybody. She's like guiding people through in the most gentle ways and she was, like, in charge of everything, basically. Okay. So you, you walk through and you get to talk to her a little bit. Like, people will say, like, hey, I love this thing you did. Or ask her a question. And that's really unusual. But she's just such a nice person yeah. that she lets that part of it happen. And... uh I didn't ask any questions. Every word I ever learned in English fell out of my brain. (laughs) I think I told her my name, but I had like this whole thing prepared to thank her for something. I don't know, all that she's taught me, tell her I'm a comedian. Like she doesn't care. But it's just what I wanted to do. But it all fell out of my head. And then my boyfriend was there and we pull him up to get like a group shot of all three of us. And she kind of You know, he walks up to the in front of the backdrop, puts his arm around her, and she grabbed his ass.
0: Really? Yeah. Like as the photo was being taken to try to like make him
1: I think just to get a piece because she can. (laughs) Because she can do whatever she wants.
0: How did you feel about that?
1: I thought it was like it was totally worth the trip. Like, okay, this is what this was about. Like, that's hilarious. She just
0: You had a meet and grab with Dolly Parton. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly. (laughs) But she is, you know, she has this very magical presence that makes me sound sound like a crazy person. But I did feel like oddly changed by it. And maybe that's just I built it up in my own mind. But because she was like so nurturing and overly sexual still, apparently. Yeah. Just grabbing my dude's ass, um it was it was like, yeah, it was really remarkable. She is not like meeting any other celebrity, yeah. like Did she you... has a presence that is otherworldly,
0: yeah, well yeah, I mean, I think once people get to a certain icon level, I think if they've always been savvy, like Dolly Parton, I think they're good at maintaining that totally. And she's always projected, like, she's always made her image and controlled it. So it makes sense that she would still be able to do that at this sort of legendary level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And other people have said this, too. Like, uh, I remember, uh, like, Roger Ebert once, like, wrote a piece about her. And he was like, you know, I've met every imaginable celebrity, politician, musician, everybody. And, like, she's the only person I really felt changed when we were in the same room. That her aura, whatever it is, just, like, leaked into the rest of, you know, just, like, changed how everyone was feeling. Okay. He was like, I felt like she was not from this planet. And it, and same with, he's like, I don't care about meeting celebrities, you know?
0: Was it just the aura of positivity? Like, you can do it? or
1: I think it's positivity. I think it's openness. I think that she's maintained a level of openness that's really hard when you're that famous. Yeah that a lot of people would like to have in public but like they just can't because people are so fucking weird <laughs> yeah. that we take it away from them i mean we we steal their celebrities humanity from them you yeah. know and yeah that's why like her and ruPaul there's a few people that just maintain like that openness and positivity and uh this level of comfort yeah. and she has this is funny like she's um you know she has a Theme park in Pigeon Forge, um, which luckily did not burn down recently. And did you hear about that, those fires?
0: Uh, no, there the, fires threatened Dollywood.
1: Yes. He, massive fire in the Smoky Mountains. Um, it was everywhere. Many people were displaced. Dolly's like giving them all money now. It's crazy. Like she's literally sending $1,000 a month to yeah. every family in that area who lost their home.
0: And just, but, but the magic of, of her power. Save Dollywood.
1: The fire stopped at the gates. <laughs> like I'm not kidding you. Literally the fire department was like we're not fucking around. Like this, <laughs> this was a, a joke. completely out of control fire. Yeah. That burned most of the Smoky Mountains. And it stopped at the gates of Dollywood. And you're just <laughs> like, like
0: we will always love you. Yeah. <laughs> this fire is not going to burn Dollywood. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So so the park is fine. Um but she has all these crazy fans that they're called cuckoo birds who come to the park constantly. They all live in the area. They basically stalk Dolly. Okay. And um, she's like, a- apparently, anytime anyone's sort of crossed the line, like, come to her personal home or whatever, like, done anything that made her feel uncomfortable, she's, like, called a meeting with them, sat down across the table face to face. With the cuckoo bird. Yes. To say, like, you're making me uncomfortable. And it's not fair if you love me and you want to, like, honor the work that I've done, then you have to make sure I feel safe. And she does this in a face-to-face meeting. Wow. And the people are, like, so ashamed of themselves <laughs> that it's, like, I I appreciate you being a fan, but, like, have some boundaries. Right. You it's know? not
0: – yeah. Right. And That's great.
1: She, when she stays at Dollywood on the grounds, like, if she has a concert there the next day, she literally sleeps – In her RV, outside the hotel. So, like, you know, I was there for one of these times where we were going to a show the next day. We're staying on the Dollywood property. And it was literally like, you can open your hotel room window and see, oh, Dolly's sleeping in there in an RV. And she just trusts that no one's going to do anything weird. I mean, she has security guards. But she's like... I'm accessible, but I'm not, you know, and that's it's just really hard to maintain yeah. that, that level of fame.
0: Well, yeah, it seems like the that's like the most healthy version of that I've heard where like I'm going to make myself accessible. But then I'll really draw these non arbitrary lines like these really specific lines like don't stalk me. Yeah. It's <laughs> very yeah. specific. I want to go back to the aura thing for just a minute. Mm-hmm. Did your boyfriend have the same experience of feeling changed after uh she grabbed his ass?
1: I think so. I think it was hard for him to really process all of it because it was such a big moment for me. And he is forced to live with her image all over our house. <laughs> um That I think it was, yeah, it was a combination of, he definitely felt it, but he also like loves me a lot. So he was like, just, and then he got grabbed and... um
0: It was a big day for him. Yeah.
1: It was just a really magical day. Yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah, I think we were both like, that's not like any other person I've ever yeah. met.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. So, do you go to Dollywood a lot, or have you just been there once? Cause-
1: um, I have a season pass. Yeah, I've been a handful of times. Okay, yeah, what mean, is
0: I- the experience of Dollywood? Because I was trying to read up on it, and it sounds like it is a theme park with like a little bit of flair of like the region and her music, but yeah. are there like... Dolly Parton rides where this like ride is themed on her song or like
1: the rides are not dolly themed um they're more like you know patriotism the south themes okay. um you know like a bald eagle or like we're going through a coal mine or whatever um the roller coasters but her uh, museum is there so uh, okay. she gives almost nothing to- of her memorabilia to like, hard rock cafe or any place like that it's all at dollywood so every award she's won like all the dresses she wore in best little whorehouse like all of the main like it's a, it is a dolly museum and it's yeah. on the ground so you can't go to that museum without buying a ticket to the park um, and i've gone once when i did no rides <laughs> and just spent most of the day in the museum okay um because there's so much to see in it um and but yeah there's like a combination of like you know kind of like easy chill rides and then she has like some super legit scary roller coasters <laughs> so there's a little something for everyone
0: does that just feel like oh it, Dolly Parton is really good at anything so she's even good at making a theme park or does it feel like the rides are like this intense ride symbolizes how hard life can be, and you should challenge yourself <laughs> and not be afraid.
1: <laughs> um, it, I think she's just really good at making money.
0: And <laughs> she knows
1: her demographic, and she knows the demographic of like the people in Tennessee, that it's there's no other theme park in that region. And yeah. there's also like an adjacent water park, water slide park.
0: Okay, a da little something for everybody. Splash
1: Country. Yes. Yeah, so
0: Wait a minute. Really?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dolly Splash, Splash Country. Um, so plenty Sorry. of Tennesseans go just to go on the rides because yeah. it's a theme park and you can do all the stuff you can do at a theme park um, and get cotton candy and whatever. And then, you know, a lot of Dolly fans go. And I think that she was really smart about making it fun for both of those girls. Yeah. And for children. You know, it's like... A lot of parents go because they're big Dolly fans, but, like, the kids don't care. They just want to eat food and go on roller coasters, and uh, so,
0: yeah. If you followed in your hero's footsteps, and, uh, you know, you become a massively powerful comedian, which I think you probably will. Oh, I hope. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Would you ever open in Amy Miller Land, and what would would it be like?
1: I don't think so. I don't think I would go theme park, no. I would rather have a talk show than a theme park, but... You know, she's done both, so I don't know. I guess it's all possible. Um, I I don't know what I would open. I think I'd be more likely to do, like, a restaurant or something. Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool, cool. Uh, You were talking about her accessibility and how how open she feels. If you were able to hang out with her, like, if she listened to this podcast and was like, oh, you know what, come on over to my house, what would you want to talk to her about if you are able to just actually interact with her?
1: I think, like, what she's already helped me with just by way of her music and reading interviews with her um, is, like, staying grateful and staying positive. But I still, like, feel myself losing that a lot of the time. I think I would probably ask her, like, how do you keep from waking up so angry every day when you're like talented and then all these mediocre dudes just get stuff around you because yeah. they're dudes. Like and that's exactly what she went through. Yeah. And still goes through to some extent. Um but now she's so iconic that it's just like she's carved out a place. There's no yeah. she doesn't have competition or whatever. But early on she did and um and yeah, she's given me like a lot of wisdom about that, but I but I'd like to know more. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, mostly like keeping the anger at bay, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> I really want to be here. I want this conversation to happen at Dolly's Splash Country.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I don't think Dolly, she goes on the water slides. How do you
0: keep the anger at bay? <laughs> uh, that's so great. Uh, I think my biggest Dolly moment for myself was, I, like I said, I heard, I think, a White Stripes cover of Jolene.
1: Yeah, it's so good.
0: And yeah. then uh, my friend was like, oh, well, Dolly Parton actually wrote that. And I went and found the Dolly Parton version. And I was having, like, a weird uh, relationship problem. The the problem I was having didn't match the narrative of Jolene. It's such a weird, specific narrative. Yeah. But it still, like, felt powerful like it was about what I was experiencing. Yeah. Uh, What do you think the power of that particular song is?
1: I think it's, I mean, it's pretty widely relatable because she is, and this is something that she's always been really good at in, in, most of her songs, is this combination of, like, power and vulnerability, right? And that's, like, I think that's the goal for, like, the best life you can live, is, like, know your worth and be powerful, but then, like, you know, you can still have Like openness and vulnerability. And that's that song is just like, don't take him just because you can. Like, I'm a person, I'll be heartbroken. Like, he's my dude. And it's just like this, it's a really heartbreaking plea, you know, that it's not like, you know, get off my man. Like, <laughs> right, he's like, mine. It's like, it's it's almost like you can tell she knows their relationship is flawed in some way and maybe this other person could be better for him in certain ways, but she still wants to keep him. And it's yeah. just so heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, I think it's just so brutally honest without without really giving up power. That's a great yeah. way to think about it because it's not, yeah it makes sense with all of your... Uh, and that's
1: always been kind of her style is like... It's like honest love. Yeah. Um, It's not like a movie version of romance. It's like, yeah, love is like difficult and tough and other people come along that might seem better, um, but like you work at it and stay open while knowing your worth. And yeah. she has a ton of songs about that general like- yeah, leave if you want to, but like I'm still gonna know that I'm awesome, even if I'm sad. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that's pretty great. It's
1: a good way to live.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have you ever taken any romance advice from Dolly Parton's or her songs or made a romantic choice based on Dolly Parton?
1: I've been using a lot of her advice lately because she, you know, she's been with her husband, Carl Dean, for 51 years. Oh, I
0: forgot that she's married uh, to Carl Dean.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's and, the sausage uh, guy, right? No, 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 no. That's
0: Jimmy Dean. Yeah, that's Jimmy Dean. No, Carl
1: Dean is just a dude. I mean, he's just Dolly (laughs) Parton's wife, husband, I shouldn't say wife. Uh, He's uh, like in driveway, he like paves driveways. He's like an asphalt guy and they met, you know, really young and they've always been together and uh, they, anytime someone asks her like, what's the secret to a long marriage or lasting relationship and she's like, stay gone, (laughs) just get out of there. Because if you're always on tour, you know, you're always missing that person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she goes on tour. She's constantly gone. She goes to gone. Country and is like, I miss Carl Dean.
1: Yeah, it's just like trust and space. Okay. And I've always believed in those things too because I'm like, and Dolly travels with her best friend Judy everywhere. Anytime you see Ju- uh, Dolly out in the world, unless she's in the middle of a show, Judy is right next to okay. her. And this is a childhood best friend plenty of rumors around that they're just lovers um i don't know if i believe that but yeah she's just like i just leave carl at home like it's where he wants to be anyway just reading a book (laughs) in a rocking chair so like i go on tour and then he knows i'm always gonna come back Okay. And that's sort of my life right now. <laughs> uh,
0: so that's that's your life by necessity right now because you're doing comedy, right? And yeah. You have opportunities. Have you talked with your boyfriend about like I'm gonna, you're gonna be Carl Dean, and I'm oh, gonna leave, yeah. so I miss you.
1: Yeah, it worked out really well because when we started dating, when he first got like wind of uh, my doll obsession. Like very early on, like maybe like our second date or something, he was like, "I'm obsessed with Carl Dean," and I was like, "Nobody <laughs> ever knows who Carl Dean is." I, thought I he love was the you. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I think it's like you know, it's it's definitely a little bit harder on him, but it does keep like this freshness to a relationship. Where I mean, right now, I don't know. We've been dating for like two years, and okay. maybe we've been in the same city for one total year of that, <laughs> um, and. It's, it's good for longevity, for sure. Yeah. I think.
0: So I wanted to ask you about Dolly's skills at doing so many different things. Do you think she would be good at stand-up comedy if she decided, I'm going to do stand-up comedy too?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, essentially, when you see her in concert right now, in between songs, she's doing stand-up comedy. Okay. She has, there's a huge um, storytelling component to all of her nice. shows. So she talks a lot about her life, and she and she cracks, like, you know, pre-written, like, one-liners. Okay. I I, I think that she does have writers. She's a naturally very funny person because she's just charismatic and Southern and, you know, there's, like, a great storytelling tradition in the South, especially if you're from, like, a family of so many children and that you, like, find your opening and make it witty and make it snappy and then, like... You know how to tell a story. like yeah. That's what you do in the South. Um, so, yeah, she's already funny. Yeah. Th- I mean, she's kind of doing it right now. Yeah. But yeah. So, she, I think she would be great at it.
0: Would you want to open for her?
1: Oh, I'd love to. You know, there was a – she – on a few shows in this latest tour, she had, like, some drag performers open for her. And one of them in, I think, Texas – was a stand-up comic oh, and cool. so i just see this dude that i'm only like peripherally connected to on facebook that i have met before but he's like you know oh my god opening for dolly parton next week and i was like what wait a second <laughs> she has comedian and then he's like i messaged him he's like no, no no i'm a drag queen and so we we're, we're all going on to do this like song and dance but
0: uh, and where you're like, I am going to become a drag queen.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought about it for sure. But the moment that I thought a stand-up was opening for her, I was so jealous. Yeah. So that's not what's going on. But <laughs> yeah, of course, I'd love to open for her. She's apparently like so awesome to work with and so friendly.
0: Yeah, it seems like it. So she's written so many songs for other people. If you got a chance to write a song for Dolly Parton, and mm. she would at least try it out. What would you try to write the song about?
1: Oh, man. It, that's so hard to say because I feel like there's no way I would choose something that isn't kind of like a topic she's already covered, you know? Yeah. I mean, she's written thousands of songs. So it's like we have overlapping passions and principles, I think. <laughs> or I've adopted them from her. I don't yeah. know. One or the other. Um. Yeah, it would be some shit about being a strong woman, I'm sure, but still crying sometimes. <laughs> like, that's, uh, <laughs> that's also part of the country tradition too. Yeah, um, so
0: you'd write a song like called "Strong Crying."
1: <laughs> yeah, a nice strong cry. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, it's Sarah Meyer, co-producer
2: of this show, and you may be wondering what people on the street think about Dolly Parton, and guess what? I am here to go find out. What do you think about Dolly Parton? A nice guy. He's a good singer.
1: Uh, she's got ginormous hair. Um, I really don't know much about her. My parents made me listen to a lot of country, so I might have listened to some.
0: I, I don't have, I don't think about her that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know who she is. She sings Jolene, right? Yeah, I love that song. I always really liked her. Yeah, Yeah, I think she's like great. I like all of her songs. That one movie that she was in, what was it, like Magnolia? Steel Magnolias? I always think about that movie. That was a sad movie, but she's in that, yeah. She's a a loving woman. She's just very happy, open, smiles a lot, seems warm from the heart. I mean, I really feel that. She's a great singer, great voice, and uh, tremendous talent. A movie that no American should miss because it talks about what really affects Americans and that's her movie 9 to 5 with Jane Fonda talking about real working class Americans trying to make a living here in a very greedy corporate environment and wow she was just so talented in that film
1: would you go to Dollywood if you could what is Dollywood she has
2: her own theme park what
1: yeah I would go for sure (laughs) (laughs) would you go to Dollywood if you could
0: absolutely I don't think I'll ever visit I uh, don't think that's for me
1: another singer could have their own theme park who would you want to see have a theme park? Rihanna
0: <laughs> what would a Rihanna theme park be like?
1: I don't know I just really
0: like Rihanna <laughs> probably Britney Spears I feel like there'd be like lions and tigers and snakes and crazy stuff like that you know based on her like music videos ooh, Brandon Boyd, Incubus easy you know I always liked uh, Bing Crosby
2: I like the idea of, of Crosbyland, what would that be like?
0: Well, uh, Crosby land combined with Nat King Cole land, combined with Sinatra land, just celebrating the best of what America can and should be if we're more compassionate and caring about each other. Okay, go for it.
1: Jolene, Jolene,
0: (laughs) I'm begging of you, for you, of you. (laughs) Please don't take my man. (laughs) We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Uh, These are questions I ask everybody. Some of them are kind of weird. Do you think about Dolly Parton every day?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: And if, if your walls were not covered in Dolly Parton, uh, would you still, like, do you listen to her music every day?
1: Yes. Uh, today's her birthday, so it's a little bit of an exception because I listened to a lot of her today. But, okay. um But, yes. Well, as I said, like, I, I do, you know, like a lot of us, I wake up and sometimes, like, check social media right away. Yeah. And, Inevitably, in that time, there is, like, some dude who sucks doing something cool <laughs> that yeah. I'm not doing. Yeah, I do, I think of her almost every day and just, like, yeah, keep that anger at bay and just stay grateful <laughs> and try to adopt her approach to life and her career. Okay,
0: so you're not only enjoying her music, you are taking, like, deep, calming breaths and seeing Dolly. Yeah. And <laughs> she's guiding you on the path away from social media.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And and just like I try to look in each day for like a little bit of glamour or sparkle somewhere. Oh, nice. You know, um, whatever that is. If it's like, I mean, right now dress like shit, but I was wearing sparkles earlier. <laughs> I took <laughs> them off. Um, yeah. If it's like one um, piece of jewelry or like one that I wear that day or like do something nice for myself, it's always just like. Even if I am a stand-up comedian and I make zero money, like how can I do one thing that's like sort of for a fancy lady every yeah. day? You know,
0: nice. <laughs> nice fancy lady every day is a great goal. Have you ever had a dream about Dolly Parton?
1: Oh, so many, yeah, yeah, many. and I had so many stress dreams before meeting her.
0: Oh, right, because like you had a while to know, like you're flying to Florida, knowing yeah. you're heading towards this. And
1: meeting. I yes, and I had a couple night. Bordering on nightmares, that she just hated me and was vocal about it. And why would she do that? But yeah, I had a couple nightmares where it was just like I walk up to meet her, she's very unfriendly, and then she just tells me that I'm a bitch and a bad person. <laughs> Which is, like, my encounters with a lot of female comics. (laughs)
2: Really?
1: (laughs) It's probably where the fear comes from. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, there's, like, a certain level of, like, if you have, like, a specific kind of confidence and openness that there's always, like, not just female comics male, too, but uh, a few people who just will... Like, resent it or yeah. dislike you for some reason. And so I just thought, yeah, I just had dreams about Dolly hating me and yeah. and disapproving of my relationship and, <laughs> and just us coming away from the meeting totally crushed. Yeah. <laughs> so that didn't happen, so that was good. But, yeah, I've had uh, her just – she just pops up in a lot of stuff, you know, and – Like old family memories, where it's like one of those dreams where you're like in your childhood home, and then all of a sudden it's a church. Yeah, Uh, and then Dolly's just there. there, Yeah.
0: Did she ever switch back and forth from being like your grandma to Dolly Parton? That weird sort of dream switching thing?
1: Yeah, they have really overlapping imagery in my brain. So, yeah, they kind of swap out every once in a while. Yeah. Well, I'm glad she's much nicer than my grandma was, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad your actual meeting with Dolly Parton was not just you walking up. (laughs) Or <laughs> going, you bitch. That would, I know. It'd have been terrible.
1: It's. It would have been crushing. I wouldn't have recovered.
0: Yeah, I worry about that with meeting people that I really admire because I'm generally not uh, too bothered by fame or weirded out by it. Yeah. Um, and really making an effort to just say something human because I know that's right. What famous people don't get as much. Uh, but like I, I'm a big Star Wars guy, and I would really love to meet George Lucas. He takes so much abuse. Yeah. And I would love to to meet him and just say like. I enjoy all of your choices. Yeah. Uh, but Thank I know he's weird. You. Yeah. Also, so it'd be a weird uh, to prepare for, like, I know you're going to be weird to me because you're just, yeah. you're a weird dude.
1: Yeah. And a lot of celebrities are like that, that you kind of know what you're getting. But it's always a weird situation because even more than the fear that, like, someone wouldn't like me, I always, you know, like they say, never meet your heroes. Um, I always worry that someone will be shitty. And yeah. I have had that experience with. Comedians, not like my heroes, but people that I liked and respected. Right. Then I worked with, and you're I'm like, like "Oh, Ugh. you're not nice. <laughs> that's too bad."
0: <laughs> what could have Dolly Parton done uh, in not in a dream way? Uh, because that's obviously just working through the the worries. But like, what would have been negative? Like, obviously, you got exactly what you wanted—that she was honestly accessible and human and down to earth yeah. and kind and in control. What would have made you go like, "Ooh, I didn't like that."
1: I guess if we had felt like rushed through it or, um, but you know, like it's hard to imagine her doing that because she's so savvy. She's a good person and she's business savvy. And if you, I didn't pay, but for all the jokers (laughs) who paid two grand, like you can't really rush them through that experience. And also, people have this sort of entitlement then that they're like, well, I spent, you know, four months' rent for yeah. florida so like i need i get to ask you some questions um yeah I, I just i couldn't really imagine outside of my dream life what could have gone wrong that with makes it, sense cause she's just so wonderful yeah
0: because you expect her to be nice and then you expect to be well handled because she's a yeah. good business person that's really cool so, I think we've already addressed this one, but when people walk into your home, can they immediately tell you're obsessed with Dolly Parton?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and not as much as it could be, because, you know, like, as I said, I put a lot of stuff away, um, which is a shame, because people send me such nice, you know, prints of her and stuff and um, jewelry. But yeah, I mean, I've got, like, pretty much the whole gamut of posters. I mean, you know, framed portraits and okay. um, shirts and jewelry and... Pants and you know I mean everything they sell at Dollywood and shot glasses and cups and mugs and whatever. Okay. So yeah, she's pretty much all over our. Do you house.
0: have any like toys, action figures, bobbleheads? Do they make those kind of things of Dolly? Lunch boxes?
1: She no, she had a doll, um, and I've seen it like at some Dolly trade shows and stuff. Okay, um, but it doesn't really look a lot like her, <laughs> so I've never been that interested in it. Yeah, for somebody yeah.
0: who's known for being really real, you yeah. want a fake scary doll. I
1: don't, I, don't, I don't really like buy dolls or action figures. I have like a fabulous moolah action figure, and that's like pretty okay. much it. <laughs> Another great female icon. Um, But yeah, it's just not something that interests me. Usually, okay. no, I look around your house at your action figures. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a
0: problem. Yeah. I'm always curious.
1: I understand it.
0: Yeah. Well, the prince is actually, a, that's a great way to go because you're actually just like seeing the person. It's like much yeah. more uh, real kind of, I think especially somebody like Dolly who is really good at making her brand. Yeah. That the prince are sort of like, how are, wh- what are you communicating about yourself that is clearly a brand, but you're also still being like really real in that moment.
1: Right. Mm. And I'm a big fan of a uh, functional merch, you know? Yeah. If I'm going to buy something for that has Dolly on it, like it's usually like something I can use or wear so that, you know, it's like a conversation piece.
0: If you had a politician that you really supported, but then in like an interview where they just said, ah, I don't like Dolly Parton, would you stop supporting that politician?
1: Absolutely. It's h- impossible to imagine because nobody that's not fully mentally ill dislikes Dolly Parton. There's nothing dislikable about yeah. her. Um so it would be yeah, it would be such a surprise. I would think that there was something seriously wrong with that person. Right. I mean, plenty of people can take or leave Dolly Parton. That I don't understand either. But it's just like, oh yeah, that's a person that exists. I don't feel either way about it. Yeah. Um especially cuz she's country and that's like a very polarizing genre of music a lot of the time. But yeah, if you actively disliked her, no, I could not vote for you. Absolutely not. It okay. would be so unimaginable. Yeah, just like what I mean. Yeah, there's nothing about you're her just, that good. You're a
0: crappy person. Yeah. I'm not going to vote for you. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, have you encountered people who are like, I don't like country, so I don't really like her music. It doesn't speak to me. But man, she runs a great uh, water park. So they like her for other things other than her music or her movies? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of people. She's like the queen of Tennessee. So there's plenty okay. of people in Tennessee who have grown up there that know her contribution because she's like a very charitable person. She's brought so much business to Pigeon Forge and so many jobs. I mean, she really like kind of built her town from the ground okay. up. The town that she grew up in is now, a you know, a a tourist attraction. Okay. And she made it that way. Um, and yeah, plenty of those people don't necessarily like her music or care about it. Um, but I also know people that like, don't like her music, but like 9 to 5 or like to see her in movies. Um, okay. Because she's, like, so charming as an actress, you know? Like, who doesn't love Steel Magnolias? Everybody does, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I guess the lesson is diversify. Yeah. Or be in Steel Magnolias, no matter what. Yeah, and she's essentially
1: playing herself in Steel Magnolias, but it's like... She's just... Yeah, she's just walking charisma, so it's like... Plenty of people don't like her music. Right.
0: So a politician would be like, hello, I do not like charisma. And you'd be like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although
1: I I don't think I've encountered anyone that's like, I don't like Jolene. I mean, that's just one of the most iconic songs ever. Like, yeah. it's a weird song to dislike.
0: I feel like, yeah, like animals who hear that song are like sad. Yeah. Or, you know, moved <laughs> in some way. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's such an amazing song. If you heard someone say an incorrect fact about Dolly Parton, would you correct them?
1: Of course I would. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And it happens kind of frequently. Oh, really? Well, because once you are vocal about like loving this thing or this person, then people want to share things with you or say like, did you know? Right. Probably about every six months, someone writes an article that's like 20 things you didn't know about Dolly Parton. And then 20 people email it to me. (laughs) And I'm like... I know already.
0: (laughs) Yes, I know all of those things. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: but people do it face to face. Yeah, of course I correct them. Yeah. Especially if it's... So the big one is that people are always like, she's gay. People have known that for years. And if that's true, it's fine. I just am like don't think that it's true and so that's one thing that i'm just like well where do you get have this information from like she's been married to carl dean for 51 years (laughs) and he's at home in his rocking chair right now
0: (laughs) yeah i know about judy uh yeah it's weird that people want to share that you like something by giving you information that may or may not be correct right that's like a really weird way to express that are you more upset about things like people trying to say oh there's a surprising big picture thing like she's gay or like I love Jolene that came out in 1987 you're like no that's not the year it came out
1: um I I mean neither really upsets me I just want people to know the truth about her okay. <laughs> um, but this is a really good example so she did Glastonbury a couple years ago and it You know, obviously that's like a massive festival and she, I think it was her first time doing it. This has been a part of her big resurgence over the past five years Um, that, well, it's an interesting time now too because so many people are like discovering her right now and they're like, oh, I love Dolly Parton too (laughs) and I'm like, that's cool. Um, But she did Glastonbury and she will sometimes lip sync on tour she denies it but it, it she does and i mostly know because i've been like in the first or second row yeah
2: and multiple to be frank
1: times. i think it's fine yeah she always sings live at least a couple of songs every show usually they're the same songs she'll do code of many colors and little sparrow um But there was all this controversy over Glastonbury because people noticed or, you know, people wrote articles and said, like, you know, does Dolly Parton lip sync all the time? And that was like a fact that people wanted to share with me a lot. Like, you know, she doesn't really sing all her songs. And it's like, first of all, she's 71. Yeah. She did sing all those songs. She's been singing them for decades. She tours constantly, like that's a lot of strain on your voice, on your body when you're that age. And like, if she's going to do a big festival for a hundred thousand people and like lip sync a couple tracks, I don't give a shit. Yeah. She's already (laughs) contributed everything she needed to. It's not like a Britney Spears thing where you're just like, Oh, this person's falling off. It's like, no, she just already had her whole career, Yeah, and now she's old. This is her <laughs> like, fucking
0: victory lap.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's not like a mess or whatever. She yeah. just can't sing all of those songs every night. So that was one time where everybody wanted to like share that fact with me, and I was like, don't talk to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty artful also just to be able to sing some of the songs live and then lip sync to yeah. a track and not have it be noticeable.
1: Totally, so- and it's really well done. Even from the second row, sometimes you're like, is she? And and then other times it's a little bit more obvious. But, you know, her songs are not easy to sing. Like, she's a really complicated musician. And she's a brilliant writer. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's hard to sing all those songs every night if you're old.
0: Yeah. Would you ever try to lip sync stand-up if that became in vogue?
1: <laughs> I guess if my voice was going out, why not? Um, Sure. And she's also always recording now, too. So... You know, she puts out like an album a year. So if you're touring every night, you're 71, you don't want to like blow your voice out and yeah. then go in the studio and try to record songs. So she's also campy, as we said. So it's like yeah. if, if it were, I'm trying to think of an example. Even if it were like Reba McIntyre, like lip singing, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird because she's not a caricature of a person. <laughs> she's right. like a normal looking person, <laughs> kind of. I mean, she's still a country star, but... But Dolly is like, yeah, she's she's a character. Yeah. And so it's like fine if she's sometimes playing a character of herself by yeah. lip syncing. I just don't care.
0: Yeah, because it's not like people are coming to see the hot, new, amazing thing. Right. It's they're coming to see this icon.
1: Yeah, she's already done it all.
0: Cool, cool. If you're going to see her in concert again, but there was a bear blocking the entrance. Would you try to navigate around the bear?
1: No, absolutely not.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I've
1: seen her so many times. And also, WWDD, That's a question I have in my head in a lot of days. What, what would, would Dolly, Dolly do? do? <laughs> she would not navigate around the bear and she wouldn't want me to risk my own safety. She would I would contact the venue, let him know about the bear. <laughs> she would give me a full refund and be like, sorry, there was a grizzly at my show. Would you like free tickets to this other event? And it would all be fine.
0: Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> and I want to hear the song that Dolly Parton sings, giving people advice about navigating grizzlies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll write it for her, Oh, maybe. honey,
0: don't. <laughs> don't approach that bear. You don't need to. This is the last question that I ask, the last how obsessed are you question I ask everybody, and it is weird. If you could not listen to Dolly Parton without you or someone you love first being punched in the crotch, would you still listen to Dolly Parton?
1: No. I wouldn't. Um, Because I have enough of her music in my head and in my heart. And again, Dolly would not want people to suffer. Yeah. And she would not want me to make the decision that is totally selfish, but that other people have to be hurt by. Yeah. So... I'll, I mean I wouldn't want that either
0: okay so you would just say no to that and then you would maybe like record your own dolly tracks so you could still Sure listen. yeah
1: start a cover band yeah. like yeah write them all down so that you know I can sing them to myself no, I don't want people to be punched yeah, it hurts <laughs>
0: it, it well does. wait
1: are they all women or men or some it's, it's
0: totally up to you. Uh, people always uh, uh, barter with this question, but I like your answer. It's clear and, and direct and <laughs> logical.
1: I think no. If I'm trying to like live my life with compassion more than uh, just being motivated by my own selfish needs and wants, then <laughs> I go no punching.
0: I think that's a good answer. <laughs> Can you make a noise to sum up your obsession with Dolly? Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> into great.
0: laughter, though. yeah, yeah, that's strong crying when that's, it turns uh, into laughter,
1: <laughs> yeah, it is a strong <laughs> cry. One of my favorite lines from Steel Magnolia is, is she goes, Oh, honey, don't someone's crying around her, and they're like, I'm sorry for crying. I think it's Daryl <laughs> Hannah or whatever, and she's like, Laughter through tears is my favorite emotion. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I did just now. Yeah,
0: you you (laughs) nailed it. Uh, I rate people's obsessions uh, on a scale of one to seven. Oh, Uh, yeah. I'll say out of one to seven Jolene's, uh, because I'm obsessed with Jolene. (laughs) I think you're, I'm going to give you six out of seven Jolene's. Uh, because you answered mostly yes to almost all of my How Obsessed Are You questions, except for uh, the, the bear and the crotch, which are understandable <laughs> no's. Uh, but-
1: Questionable, though, because if I'm driven by Dolly's principles then that keeps me from hurting other people and yeah. myself. Yeah. So. No, I think
0: it makes perfect sense. <laughs>
1: but yeah. I think six is good without being like a full-on stalker.
0: Yeah, I think seven is into cuckoo bird Cuckoo territory. birds,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: I've never given anyone a seven. But, I, but it is so ingrained in you from like youth, and it sounds like you have like the knowledge and the appreciation of the music, but also there's such understanding and appreciation of the, like, the big picture stuff.
1: Yeah, I yeah. hope so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, what what would Dolly do? if That's a guiding principle. That's a big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's very rich, too, so it's not all about being nice to people. <laughs> it's also about getting paid.
0: Yeah. How would Dolly get paid?
1: Exactly. Another
0: good question to ask yourself. Can you uh, tell people where to find you on social media? Anything you want to plug? That kind of thing?
1: Oh, sure. Well, my Twitter is just Amy Miller. Uh, pretty simple. And then my website's amymillercomedy.com. And I have all kinds of shows coming up. I don't know. Where do your fans live? All over the place? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I have. I'm in LA. But uh, let's see. I'll be at the Sacramento Punchline coming up with Dan Soder. Yeah, that's all I can think of And right what's, now.
0: what's your album called?
1: Oh, it's called Solid Gold. And you can get it on iTunes or go to the Kill Rock Stars website and pick it up. And you can even buy it. In gold vinyl.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's, awesome. That's a very dolly thing to do. I know, right? The whole
1: thing is very like I'm, you know, in a sparkly dress in front of a trailer on the yeah. cover. So it's it's all dolly inspired. A mix of dolly and uh, divine, for oh. sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Here's some quick plugs for the show, and then we'll have our final questions. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can follow Obsess Podcast on Twitter is at Obsessed Podcast. For info on all my upcoming shows, you can check my website at josephscrimshaw.com. There are two ways to support Obsess. You can back us on Patreon and get exclusive bonus episodes every month. For full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. Or you can give money to all the podcasts on the Feral Audio Network by shopping through our portal. Just go to feralaudio.com, click the Shop on Amazon button, and some of the money will go to Feral Audio. If you were going to go to Amazon right now, what would you buy?
1: I really need um, some new kitchen tools. I need a mandolin really badly. We make a lot of coleslaw at my house, and I, just, I it would be easier to slice if I had a nice mandolin.
0: <laughs> so you'd buy a nice mandolin yeah, to slice your coleslaw, did you say?
1: Yes, chop up the cabbage for coleslaw.
0: All right, so go to Amazon right now through the Feral Audio portal <laughs> and get a cabbage and mandolin. Here are the final questions. They don't have anything to do with your obsession, but they can if you want them to. If you could command an army of animals to do your bidding, what animal would you want to command?
1: Hmm, probably raccoons because they have opposable thumbs <laughs> they're and vicious. they're really good at night. Yeah, they're vicious. They can get real small and they can carry stuff yeah. and they're fast.
0: Yeah, uh, that's a great answer. If you could fly, but you had to hold an object in your hand while you were flying, what object would you want to have to hold?
1: Mm, like a glass of Chardonnay
0: <laughs> with a straw. <laughs> so it just look like you're always going to a fancy party. Yeah,
1: exactly. One fancy thing a day at least.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm flying to an art opening. A glass of Chardonnay. That's a great picture. The final question for everyone on the podcast is, what is happiness?
1: Hmm. happiness for me is feeling like I am connecting to other people and being as kind as I can while also taking care of myself.
0: That's great. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you. That is our podcast.
1: You've Listening to Obsessed
2: Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. <laughs>